Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And hi, my name is Ron. So today we're concluding our Star Wars month with the others. And what is the others? (laughs) So, a long time ago, in a studio far, far away, there were... Star Wars ended up being broken out into the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, now the Disney trilogy, the sequel trilogy, and then there were the others. In the mid-2000s, they released a animated show called Clone Wars, or animated movie, sorry, called Clone Wars, and prior to that, in the early 2000s, there was a cartoon short of about the Clone Wars, leading up to Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And then they realized Star Wars does really, really well on television. <laughs> People like to watch Star Wars. Especially kids. So The Others <laughs> encompasses the four main television shows. Correct. So, we are going to be discussing Rogue One. Solo, A Star Wars Story, and The Others. You make it sound so mysterious. I know. Even though you literally just explained what The Others were. (laughs) Because it is. Because nobody watched Resistance. The Clone Wars was great. And Rebels was good, great at times, and then what are you doing at others? It was also and stuck then... on is Disney XD during when it was on television. Ooh. Yeah. And... Oh, God. That's a horrible feat. And The Mandalorian was had the best two last episodes, the great episode when they're in the forest, and then the rest of it was pretty boring. You thought wow. the pilot was boring? No, I mean, the pilot was good, but, like, I, I just think the whole Baby Yoda thing is dumb. All right. But that's just me and we one can opinion. Talk, we can talk about that when the Mando series comes up. So, Ron, why don't you kick us off with Rogue One, a Star Wars story? <laughs> so, Rogue One, a Star Wars story was the second Disney Star Wars film released in December... 2016 a full year after star wars episode 7 rogue one follows Jin urso and a few other people as they try to capture the plans for the death star to deliver it to the rebellion so that way they could potentially blow it up basically you knew what the story was going into this movie And you kind of knew the fate of everyone. And so the mystery was, what adventures did they go on? And who were these people that stole the plans for the Death Star? So yeah, that's that's kind of the plot of uh, Rogue One. I would argue how they got the plans was just as exciting as all the other questions that you asked, Ronald. Sure. I guess... Do we... Do you want me to talk about fun facts, or how do you want me to proceed here? Let's well, do who the directed fun facts. it. Yeah. Ro- sorry, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was directed by Gareth Edwards, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, starring Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, and Ben Mendelsohn, among others. Uh, Forrest Whitaker also had a cameo. Alan Tudyk uh, also played the robot whose name is escaping me, and I should have up here. K2SO. Yeah, K2SO, the, the guy, the funniest robot in the galaxy at that at that point. I wouldn't call Forrest Whitaker's appearance a cameo. No. I would say it's a cameo. He, was mm. in, he, he didn't play himself. He was kind of in one scene. You don't need to play yourself in a cameo. <laughs> hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. No, I'm Saw Guerrero. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. 
So that's a that's a production. This movie made a stupid amount of money. I did not realize how much money it made. This movie made over a billion dollars on with a, a two, B. yeah, with a B, on a two hundred million dollar budget, including uh, the budget got kind of inflated at the end because they went back for a lot of reshoots to like reshoot the ending and stuff. Yeah, I remember. I remember the rumor mill with it was like it was too dark, so they wanted to reshoot it. it, it does that get, ring a bell with anybody else? Yes, that's that's actually why during the reshoots, uh, the director Gareth Edwards did not shoot them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, and there was a bunch of other scenes that were in the trailer that didn't make the final cut, which the like pretty hokey one is when uh Jin Erso is the one to be like, You're rebels all, well I rebel like <laughs> that dumb line. But there's also where she's standing on a catwalk. I was just gonna say, I think that's she's, more famous. And she's staring right into a TIE fighter, which is really, really cool. And then she points the gun at it and like the trailer ends and you're just like, Alright, yeah, I'm down for this. Yeah. Sorry. I digress. No, it's, it's okay. The, you know, there was a lot of excitement going into Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so do we want to talk about opinions now? Let's see. The, uh, did you finish your fun facts? Fun facts? I guess I'll just kind of piggyback off of Matt said. Star Wars movie with the most footage cut from trailer to final movie. Obviously, we talked about that. There were some action scenes. And, like, there was one point they were, like, they were kind of running, and then you see uh, an AT-AT just kind of directly look at them, and that that was cut out as well. Hmm. No title crawl and no main Jedi character. Yes. A, a first for Star Wars. So, yes. I yeah. have a little fun fact about it. So, the opening scene for every majority of Star Wars movies has the title crawl. And then after the title crawl... You get a pan down to a planet. Mm-hmm. Now in Rogue One, they didn't do a title crawl, and instead they panned up to the planet, which is a difference from all the other Skywalker sto- the Skywalker saga films, which I thought was pretty interesting. It was a, it was a pretty interesting choice for them. That shot broke new ground. <laughs> <laughs> The idea came from longtime visual uh, Lucasfilm visual ex- visual special effects supervisor. I'm glad that I finally got that word out of my mouth. Uh, John Knoll. Fun fact: John Knoll also the invented the guy Photoshop. who invented Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about this before the pod, and then we. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did it, is Photoshop worth like millions? Of dollars? Millions. Yes. <laughs> with an M, not a B, though. So he's, like, stupid rich to yes, begin he, with? He is yeah. very stupid rich. Yes. And all just because people can make shitty memes. <laughs> Trey Parker, uh, creator and voice actor on South Park, provided some additional voices for Darth Vader because apparently um, James Earl Jones, you know, he's he's very old, still a great actor, but there was just some stuff that, like, he couldn't do. And so Trey Parker just, you know, just did it in the style of James Earl Jones. And they kind of, uh, they kind of did it. They kind of did to his voice what they, uh, the visual effects team did to Grand Moff Tarkin. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not going to bite. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, last fun fact. Reportedly... This is George Lucas's favorite Disney Star Wars film. Yeah, I could see I, that. It's I, many people's favorite Star Wars film, period. I was going to say it probably fits the most in the original Star Wars universe. I don't think that's a very hot take to say either. I I would kind of either that or or eight or sorry, not eight, seven. I would say yeah, the first two definitely fit the most into what was going on. Mm-hmm. It also helps Rogue One's able to fit in the Star Wars universe because on the timeline it happens directly before A New Hope. So, 
yeah, it no, gives I'd... it a little bit of leeway with that being able to fit in the original trilogy and to the Star Wars universe that Lucas created. Um, so yeah. So Just... Ronald, what grade would you give it on the uh, college final? <laughs> I'm sharpening um... my boxing gloves right now, Ron. <laughs> Um, I would give Rogue One a Star Wars story a D plus. And I just think, let me say this. It is an inherently, it's a decent idea for a story because you know, like, okay, the plans for the Death Star, you know, were stolen by these group of people and these group of people must have been like really interesting and really good at their job. And you kind of like, you know where the story is going, you know how it ends. So because of that, you have so much flexibility to make these characters like super interesting or kill them off whenever like you want to, because you know, it's a suicide mission. And to me, like none of these people were like very interesting, like at all. Maybe the one guy who was just like, you know, I am with the force and the force is in me. And like, that was kind of interesting. Like a non-force user believing in the force. And like, when that wasn't like really a big thing, like in the original films. But it's just like this film, it's just, the character development is stunted at best. The, the first hour is just like, I can barely take it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just hard talking about a film I really don't like, and it's just um, the the action really doesn't get going. The the final Forrest Whitaker's character could have gotten on the freaking plane with them. The whole thing with Galen Urso, like you know, being having this great connection to his daughter. You don't see them when she's younger having like a great connection, and when she's like finally older and she like finally like meets up with her father again because he's being forced to make these death star plans there's no like and both of these actors are they're great actors uh felicity jones and um i can't think of the other guy's name hold on mads mickelson yeah like both of those people are terrific actors and it's just like there's there's no emotion to me there's no connection there's there's nothing that i can emotionally grab onto in this story and i'll give them this the ending where like everyone dies and they're just kind of like resigned to their fate. That that was fine. It was fine. But just overall, there was just like, there was no emotion to this. There was no great action. There's besides Jin Urso. Can anyone, does anyone really remember the name of any of these characters? I'm reviewing the movie and I can't even remember their names. It's just this, this movie had the potential to be great. And super interesting, and it's just like, basically it could have been Suicide Squad, where you're picking these people off, you know, like every, like, 10 or 15 minutes, it's like, oh man, a storm kill, Stormtrooper, like, killed that guy, oh man, well, I guess we just gotta keep, like, moving on in this mission, and it's just like, they, they just, I don't know, they just didn't do that, I feel like they fumbled this one, when it's, this one was probably the closest thing to, like, a layups, like, kind of slam dunk, that they could have gotten to in the Star Wars universe, like before they did, you know, like Kenobi and whatever they're going to do with like the Yoda series and all like, this was the the biggest slam dunk. And they just kind of, I don't know. They just didn't make it interesting enough for me to ever want to see it. And by the way, can I say the stuff with Grand Moff Tarkin, not only is it kind of like, uh, in terms of like, Human morality, bringing someone who was over, who was dead over a quarter century back to life to like fill a role again. It's just, it's just weird. And then the whole, like, it throws you out of the movie because like, you know, like the technology is really great at this point. It's better than what it was in Tron Legacy, but it's still just really off-putting. In Tron Legacy, when they de-age Jeff Bridges back to what he looked like in the original Tron mm-hmm. and like Tarkin. I mean, if, if he just stands there and he's perfectly still kind of sort of looks like he, like he did in the original movie, but it's still like, it's very uncanny Valley. And I feel like they should have just stuck to um, Ben Mendelsohn's character through this and just kind of mentioned grand Moff Tarkin. But 
you know, if you got the technology and you got the billions of dollars that Disney has, why not try bringing back a, a an actor who died in, I think, 1993? I mean, you might as well give it a shot. So, yeah, I, I did not care for this movie. <laughs> so, Matt, before you go start taking swings, I'm just going <laughs> to give my opinion and then let you guys have at it. Okay. Um, so... When I first saw it, originally, I didn't like it. And then I watched it a couple more times in the theaters. And then I watched it again when it came out. And I own it. And it grew on me a lot. And I actually really enjoy it now. Um, I think... I'm actually going to give it... I'm actually going to give it an A. I was going to give it a B plus, but I'm going to give it an A. A lower A. We don't do minuses, but it would have been a minus. But I'm going to give it an A. It would have been an A. I don't know why we do... Why do we not just do minuses? minuses? I mean, we all want to do them. It's not like anyone's telling us that we can't. Let's just do minuses. Well, we stuck to it this at this long. We didn't do it for more. Mike enforces the rule, but he even just was like, I would have done minus, but my stupid rule. My my stupid rule, I'm doing an A. I'm doing an A. After this saga, after this franchise is over, we need a council meeting (laughs) to discuss the minus minus rating. (laughs) So, I'm going to give it an A. And the reason I'm going to give it an A is because I think the dogfight at the end and the whole battle sequence at the end is probably the best one in all of Star Wars. It is... hair better than Return of the Jedi. Did this movie need to happen? No. Not at all. It was not necessary. Did it give context to there's a bigger galaxy out there and you don't need Jedi and the Force to make a Star Wars movie? Absolutely. I completely disagree with that statement. (laughs) So, the the part where Saul Guerrero, that scene, uh, I think he did a great job, um, Forrest Whitaker, where you you meet everybody on the planet, uh, and they all escape, except for Saul Guerrero, and they're all out and about. I think the, the chemistry amongst the cast is very well, and the, you, the, this, the writing and the storytelling and the acting is done well where you actually if you know anything about Star Wars and you know the one line in the New Hope you know these people aren't going to make it but it makes you like them and root for them and you just want them to and then it just happens i think the the visual effects were were great the the story was good it dragged a little bit in the middle but all in all it grew on me and the reason i didn't like it in the beginning was because to me it didn't feel like Star Wars right away because I was seeing it with um, Kyber Crystal sunglasses and was expecting Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a freaking great line. Nice. <laughs> I was expecting Jedi and all that and yeah you got you saw Vader and cool I mean seeing Vader's castle and and uh, Mustafar uh, was a nice little and throwback. And bathing in milk. <laughs> yeah like all that I thought was pretty cool. And then it grew on me and I was like, you know what? Now I have a little bit more faith in the story that they want to do where it takes place on some random part of the galaxy that has nothing to do with Jedi. Uh, as long as Rian Johnson's not doing it, I'm I'm on board. Rogue One proved they could do that. And um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the A. Okay. They did it and that dogfight is something else and porkins was in it porkins Porkins was in it porkins did work red leader was in it yellow gold leader was in it right red five yeah you find out how luke becomes red five that was all nice little easter eggs i loved it porkins he had an undeserving death in a new hope but here he did work and he did something and he accomplished something and i'm sticking to that is it my turn now? Have at it, you two. Okay. So, Ron, I will agree with you. What's the your grade uncanny, first? Uh, my grade for it is... I'm, okay. 
So I... Tell me your grade, man! Okay. Alright. So my grade for Rogue One Star Wars Story is going to be a B+. Plus. I would have I would have put an A minus, but this stupid fucking rule. Are we watching but, the same movie? I feel like yes, I'm, we are. I feel like Ron, I'm taking crazy Ron, pills. Ron, Ron, let me let me just try to explain. I'm not gonna argue. I'm just going to kind of explain my points. All right, okay. Okay, so I think Rogue One is a very good love letter for Star Wars fans. Without being too, like, hand in, like, tongue in cheek, like, haha, this is a Star Wars film. Like, yeah, you get all of the, like, fan service with the Red Five stuff, but you also get a lot of moments that makes the original trilogy great. It shows how desperate the Rebel Alliance were willing to be to get these Death Star plans literally losing half of their fleet losing an entire group of squad fighters losing so many ground troops just to get this one little hard drive like it shows stakes in the star wars universe that you don't see you get to see this rebel alliance which in the original trilogy you don't really see you kind of see them they win the majority of the battles they're in outside of hoth but other than that they're these almost unstoppable forces where in Rogue One, you get to see they actually got incredibly lucky so many times. And seeing Cassian's character, which is Cassian Andor, which is Diego Luna's character, yeah, Ron, I know all the characters' names. It's you're you got to. S- well, yeah, but so is Mike, and he didn't know. <laughs> But seeing Cassian's character start off where he literally shot another rebel person because he was afraid of getting caught. Like, that just shows the desperation in the rebels at that time. That's a good point. Very good point. And and I think that I, there are some stuff to this movie that doesn't really make sense. Mostly the Tarkin stuff. I agree with you. I think that it's a really cool... As a, This is me as coming off as a Star Wars fan. It was really cool that they were able to get Tarkin into the movie. If I wasn't as big of a Star Wars fan, I would totally be like, what the fuck is that guy doing there? <laughs> I could also totally see Darth Vader being in that role. Like, if they decided not to use Tarkin, they could just easily just plop Darth Vader there, give him the same lines. But in-universe, it makes sense with Tarkin, but I digress. I do agree with you, Ron. The Uncanny Valley stuff was really creepy, and his teeth really freaked me out. I have a thing about CGI teeth. They just don't work. It's really weird and off-putting, and I can't stand it. Anyway, the worst, I'm moving on. The worst CGI teeth ever, and once you notice it, you can't unnotice it, is in pe- older Peggy Carter in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. It throws me off every time I watch yeah. that movie. It's <laughs> horrible. Yeah. I will say, the Saw Gerrera thing makes sense, because I watched it recently, and he even said that he didn't want... He basically just was like, I don't want to live anymore. I'm more machine than human at this point. And it was, like, really hard for him to, like, even take a breath. Like, he had to put the mask on just to breathe. So, seeing literal surface of the planet coming at you like a tsunami, I'd be like... Yeah, it's it's time. I, I totally get it. Um, but I, I'm more with Mike on this one where, like, you start to really enjoy the characters. And they gain get a lot of chemistry for what little time they have together on the ship. And the last hour is some of the best action a Star Wars movie will ever have. It's incredible. The dogfights are awesome. The land scenes are... Like, just the moment when the Rebel soldiers find out that the AT-ATs have showed up, it's genuine panic. Like, the first time in the theater when I heard the footsteps, I was just like, oh, fuck, they're all dead. Like, (laughs) it's... And, like, even watching it again, it's just... It's so... Seeing all the little things, it's just so cool. But it's not a perfect movie. I don't think that 
it's on the level of the original trilogy just because there are lot lulls in it and all of that stuff but i really think that it's a movie made by a star wars fan for a star wars fan and not just a guy who liked the first movie and just was like oh yeah i watched a new hope i know everything about star wars like that you could tell that it was gareth edwards right yeah gareth edwards definitely watched all three of the movies loved all the movies read some of the books too like you could tell he was a big star wars fan and i think that was a much better love letter towards star wars than the disney trilogy itself so yeah that's my opinion on rogue one and see i'm not i'm going to be i'm gonna take the high road here ron i'm not gonna let the haters in can i just say i am really mad that we're not going to be like top of our lungs shouting at each other about this <laughs> it's been well i mean we already <laughs> We spent, like, 25 minutes talking about Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to yell at you all day long, and you are not I mean, going to give me that satisfaction. Ahead. I ain't letting the haters in. Do I it. ain't letting the haters in. Not wrong. You have a rebuttal. Two minutes. Go. I, oh, my God. This is so great. It's like it's like court TV. All I can say is that as, a, as someone who is not a huge Star Wars fan... I feel like, okay, I'm enough of a Star Wars fan to, like, recognize things. I feel like this movie kind of just, like, it beats you over the head with references. And just, like, oh, little things. Like, oh, you remember the guy who's just like, oh, my friend doesn't like you. Oh, they're in it. Oh, do you guys remember the AT-ATs who, like, from, like, oh, they're here too. Everything you love about Star Wars is here and we're not going to introduce anything new. I just feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like they could potentially expand the universe, but they're just so caught up in everything that came before it that it kind of stunts the growth of the movie. What are you going to expand? What do you mean, what are you going to expand? What are you going to expand on? It happened right before episode four. Everybody's going to die. What are you going to introduce new that wasn't in the original trilogy? Of course you have to. It's a new movie. You have to introduce something new. No, you something don't. Something interesting. Oh, my God. Are you kidding you me? You don't have to. You just have to explain how they got the Death Star plans. That's it. Yeah. You don't I introduce anything new because then how are you going to explain where to show, where, why wasn't it there in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi? I am really excited that we're, like, raising our voices right now, Mike. And <laughs> Also, I would like to say for the audience that there was a new ship in... Rogue One, the Tie Striker. Oh. There you go. You um, got something new. So there was oh. something introduced. Oh, great. Also, Ron, that um, that ATAT thing is bullshit because just because we have a tank doesn't mean we're gonna throw the tank somewhere else. It's not like the U.S. Army's like, oh, we got tanks in Iraq, we can't take them to Russia. God forbid if we get into a war with them. Ah, uh, we can't use it. That's such a stupid thing to think say. They actually <laughs> use different tanks for different parts of the world. Yeah, and they use different ATATs for. Scarif than they do in Hoth. Yeah, but it's like, is is the imagination so limited that they couldn't think of something else? They just had no to like, because that's the because that's the current technology of the time in that world and, in that universe. And you're telling you're telling me that like w whatever the Star Wars bad guys are called, um, the, Empire? the Empire. Yeah, the Empire. <laughs> like <laughs> so they, much of a Star Wars fan, am I right? Yeah, I have a horrible memory. Shut I'm up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like they, oh, that, that's all they had. Like they didn't have anything else. No, because they weren't expecting a surprise attack. The end of the movie so is stupid, a... though. That's the so end stupid. Of... Why? Yo, oh you're God. literally the end... the, that. Oh, that's a horrible Star Wars fan mindset. Of just just like, oh, we can't, we can't introduce anything new because we have to have all this stuff in it. So if you're just gonna keep like shoveling the same crap, the movies are gonna like start to become bad. And what happened basically directly after this movie? How good were the three movies that came after this movie? Okay, that's one was that's good. Like, no, how was, no how Ron, that's they? a straw man's argument right there. That is such a straw, all one a straw them, man all argument. One of them, all but one were great. You see, this is why I didn't want to get into an argument because we're not listening to each other. We're I'm just yelling you, at each other. This is what I want, <laughs> Ron. The end of Rogue One, literally. The end of it is minutes before New Hope starts. Yeah, I know. Everyone knows. Minutes. If you know the story... How are you going to put something new and not have it show up in A New Hope, Empire, or Return of the Jedi? Yeah, 
But the thing is, you, you have a lot of story to tell before that, whether that story takes place like months, weeks, or even days before the like the first few minutes of episode four. You can introduce new things. If they the, did and they all if died. If the universe is as big as you say it is, there's got to be other stuff in it, right? They Not did when you're and they died. People. <laughs> it's literally, they were going to get stuff to blow up the thing in the original movie. <laughs> That's it. I don't it wasn't understand. Like... I don't I don't I get your argument. I just don't understand why you're making it. I don't know. Maybe because just, you're like introduce something new and it's like why? There's no point. Oh my god. That's so horrible. That is so, oh my that is a really That's exactly what you're that Ron that is exactly what you're saying. That is a no, that's a really I'm just telling you in terms of being creative and making sure more stories in the Star Wars universe get told, that's just like a bad mindset to have. So, when we get to Matt's part about the others, there was something that happened in one of the shows mm-hmm. that I thought was dumb, that they introduced something new, yeah. which they shouldn't have, but they made it work. Was it was it Darth Maul getting spider legs? <laughs> No. <laughs> Was it the droids talking like idiots? <laughs> so, Ron, you should go watch Babylon 5, and I'm going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. Before before we move on, can I just say the best piece of Star Wars media post-Return of the Jedi is the robot chicken Star Wars. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great stuff. Ron, go watch Babylon 5. <clears throat> Let's move on. We've talked about this movie for a fucking half hour at this point. <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story, released May 25th, 2018, directed by Ron Howard, best known for playing Richie Cunningham in Happy Days. He also directed Apollo... (laughs) He also directed Apollo 13 and A Beautiful Mind. I'm Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. (laughs) You're not going to talk about his time on Arrested Development? (laughs) He was on that. I never watched. He's it. the narrator. What? Arrested and Ron great. Howard. Yeah. I I know him best as Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. <laughs> he was also in American Graffiti. Yes, he was also Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. Why do we keep breaking up American Graffiti on podcasts? <laughs> A genuine question. Before we move on, I'm sorry, Mike. But have either of you actually seen American Graffiti? Yes, I have. I've seen American <laughs> Graffiti. Have. Yeah. I oh my god, I'm the only person who hasn't. Oh, jeez, i got to add that to my list. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. Uh, it was written by Jonathan Lawrence Kasdan, produced by Kathleen Kennedy. The budget was between 275 and $300 million, and the box office gross was only $393.2 million. <laughs> really? Seriously? Yep. Oh, my, music, oh my God. I music by John that. Powell and John Williams. So, wow. oh my god! Yeah. So, the the main, so I guess the main theory as to why it did so poorly was because not six months prior was the Last Jedi, and that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And then it, people were saying at the time, Star Wars fatigue. Um, I don't agree with that because nobody ever said superhero fatigue and meant it. Uh, uh, I mean, you I may have. Uh, me, after seeing Ant-Man, would like to disagree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people have said it, but they, those movies still make a lot of money. But I think this... I think um, The Force Awakens started out with a bang. Rogue One, you know, further accelerated that. Last Jedi left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And Solo, I think, suffered as a result. I think... So, before I get into that... Solo starred Alden... I'm going to butcher this. Aaron Rich as Han Solo. Close enough, Woody yeah. Harrelson. Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett. Emilia Clark as Kira. Donald Glover, who stole the movie... As Lando Calrissian. Lando. Uh, Junus Sustens as Chewbacca. Phoebe Walker as Bridge L337. 
and Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss. The movie depicts uh, Han Solo's early life and how he escaped and became a smuggler, how he met Lando, how he met Chewbacca, how he met Lando, and how he ended up acquiring the Millennium Falcon. The one thing I did like that they kept in this from the original Han Solo lore in Legends was that he went to the Imperial Academy and he was a stormtrooper. Um, a lot of people say how he got his last name was stupid. Uh, what's your last name? Uh, I don't have one. Uh, you're all by yourself. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> I guess Funny so. name. <laughs> um, agree to disagree. It is what it is. But, um, you know, Han is Kira and, and Han grew up together. He goes and, you know, he's out and about being a smuggler, finds her, and they ended up encountering Drayden Voss. You get a little bit of Easter egg in there with Darth Maul. We know that he's alive and uh, heading the crime syndicate. Some, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but I think it's worth a watch. Again, it stands independent, uh, like Rogue One. You get a backstory about Han Solo and why he is who he is, how he got the Falcon, and how he met Lando. Um, some one Easter one not, not Easter egg one like fan theory that somebody put together online was um. So L three kind of puts her consciousness into the Falcon, mm-hmm. the robot. And there was a scene in episode 5, Empire, where 3PO is hooked into the Falcon. He go and he makes a comment about how, like, the Falcon is, like, snippy. And that fits L3's personality to a T. Mm-hmm. And people, like, tried to put the two together and were like, did somebody watch that? And was like, hey, what if we do this? Honestly, Yes. <laughs> that's probably what happened um so some other interesting facts about this movie was in 2012 this was originally there was originally supposed to be a tv show written by lucas called star wars underworld this was going to depict han meeting chewie for the first time as well as winning the millennium falcon from lando we know that that show did not pan out because disney ended up purchasing star wars from lucas uh, Miles Teller and Dave Franco were considered for the role of Han. Uh, there was a few director changes that happened, and then ultimately they settled with Ron Howard. <laughs> wow, Star Wars and director changes. Um, <laughs> despite the low box office, it received generally favorable reviews, and it has a cinema uh, cinema score given an A minus. So I am going to give this a B. I think it tells the story of Han well. I think he Alden acted really well as Han as like a cocky, like slick kind of guy. It showed. I, I'm really. I'm glad they showed how he met Chewbacca, um, and it showed Lando. It built Lando's character as well. I think uh, Donald Glover did a fabulous job. Stole the show, and he. He Lando got his time in the sun. It wasn't just like Lando's character developed. You learn more about him, and it really like they gave him a good amount of time to shine, which I think was good, and it helped show like the relationship that they had. So when they meet again in Empire, it's like now you understand. So my grade is a B, and that's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> all right, I guess is. I'll go next. Um, I'm going to give this movie a C. You know, I I have been banging this drum for ever since I found out about Solo. And this is just from my fan perspective. It's just I kind of want a lot of people's backstories to be mysterious. Like, I kind of didn't want to know how Han Solo became Han Solo. I don't kind of care about Obi-Wan's childhood. But now, but now we know what Sabacc actually is. <laughs> yes. I, that's true. Now, now we know. I mean, 
I, uh, I think as a Star Wars fan, you should watch it because you shouldn't, because they've made a Star Wars film and you shouldn't be like, like Ron, you shouldn't be, yeah. Well, no, you shouldn't be wow. to the point where you think wow, you're wow, so spoiled wow. with Star Wars films that you're like, oh, I'm not going to go see that. I think you should watch it if you are a Star Wars fan. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, and that's me practically in love with Donald Glover. Uh, I love everything that that man does. <laughs> Atlanta is one of the so, best shows ever made. Yes, exactly. So that's why I'm just giving it a C. It's just not my thing, man. <laughs> I, ju- I don't think it needed to be made. But that's also coming from the guy that loves Rogue One. So I know that that is not a good argument for me to say. So, so yeah, that's just me on how I feel about Solo. All right, Ron. Um, for the first time, me and Matt agree on something. Uh, I also give this movie a C. Um, the movie just kind of like, it was just kind of like a little bit inoffensive. Um, not really much went on everything just kind of went as you thought it would go except for that one part where darth maul shows up and kira is just like (laughs) hey you're my bud and darth maul is like actually you're not my bud because i'm your boss and kira's just like Uh lol (laughs) i'm darth maul (laughs) and it's just like oh okay did did not expect that one um but yeah, the, the movie was alright. I think it gets a lot more shit just because of, like, you know, these really famous great directors were fired from it. And apparently, like, they had an acting coach on set for Alden Ehrenreich. And, like, the, the screenplay got, like, completely retooled. And they shot 85% of the movie before they friggin' decided to, like fire the directors and it's like how are you as kathleen kennedy as a producer not watching the dailies and like you know two weeks into the film being like this is not what we want but that i don't know it's just like it is not a surprise <laughs> that this movie didn't make that much money because yeah. it's like there was just so much bad press about it of like you know the guys who made like what is it the lego movie um and cloudy with a chance of meatballs and are in the process of making uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Like, they, they just, out of nowhere, get canned. And, yeah, so it was just bad all around. Ron Howard was absolutely the safe choice. And I think that they just did it to just, like, like get this movie out there. And just, like, you know, get it in cinemas, get it in, get as much money as we can. And just kind of, like, you know, break even if we can. But I am surprised on how little that money made. Yeah, that movie made. I thought Ant Man made more than that. Like, yeah. what? Like ten years ago, would anyone think, oh, the Ant Man movie is gonna make more than the the Han Solo movie? Han Solo biopic. Yeah, like <laughs> you would have never, you know, would have never thought about that. And it's just like, I don't know the the movie. The movie was okay. Like, what's its Rotten Tomato score? It's in, like, the 70s or something like that, right? Like, it's it's not a bad film. It's just... It's just kind of predictable and just kind of average. It's just meh. Yeah. yeah. Like, nothing super exciting happens. Nothing so horrible you, But happens. you see the Kessel Run. Now you actually know what it is. Did I need to see what that was, though? I thought the Kessel Run was always a train. I, I never thought that. <laughs> I never. Yeah. I always thought it was like a spaceship thing because you know the Millennium yeah. Falcon, but that's just me. Well, um, only reason I say that is because in the Rogue Squadron game for N sixty four, you go to Kessel and you have to like guard this train, and that's what I thought it was. Oh, uh, I never okay. played that game, so I never. Yeah. So yeah, the movie was a C. It was okay. I wouldn't mind actually if this got like a Disney Plus series. Because so far the only Disney Plus live action series that we've had is the best piece of Disney Star Wars media that they've created. So I would not mind if like, you know, because Alton Ehrenreich, like I think he's like a B-list actor and Donald Glover is always down to do everything and you can throw any seven foot actor that you can find in a Chewbacca costume. So it's like, you know, why not just make a Disney Plus series? I don't want to see the Cassian Endor series. 
I want to see the, the Han Solo series. So, yeah, that's a, it's a C. <laughs> yeah. All right. Matthew. Okay. Finishes off. <laughs> well, I love that we had the last segment be the one that had the most <laughs> to offer. Um, but I'm going... I'll try and wrap these... I'll try and do my best to, like, wrap them up pretty quickly. Um, we don't really have to talk about it a lot because there's a lot to talk about with these shows. Um, but before we begin, I just want to give... I gotta. I want to give a quick overview about the super supervising producer for uh, pretty much all of the Star Wars animated shows, and that that person who has the responsibility is Dave Filoni. Um, he is. Uh, he started his career working on King of the Hill, and started working for Disney, and then became. He was the director, the animator director, for the first season of Avatar The Last Airbender before he started working with uh, Star Wars. Uh, but that, since then, he's been, the, he's been the supervising producer for pretty much everything that has pumped out, like from the TV front, not the movies. Uh, so he was a supervising producer for uh, Clone Wars, the movie, and the TV show, Rebels, The Resistance, and, as well as mando uh he him and john favreau were the executive producers filoni was one of those people was one of the five directors to do mandalorian also and yeah uh just learning about him the past couple of weeks and like just catching up with all the shows and watching interviews that he does like motherfucker knows a star wars like it's you know how some people be like Oh yeah, this guy's an encyclopedia for like Marvel comics. Like this dude, like there was one they were sh- they were I watched a clip of it was Filoni and John Favreau and they're just like looking at a Star Wars helmet and like Filoni just is like, "So, I noticed that you wrote this line of dialogue for this episode and it reminded me of the specific line when they were on Bespin in cloud city in episode five and john favreau was just like nah man i just wrote the dialogue that is way out of my element <laughs> <laughs> so like it was it's he's a really cool dude um i can't i don't like how he wears a cowboy hat everywhere but hey man shoot your own shot i can't judge <laughs> uh, okay so now on to the uh television shows so the first television show that Star Wars did end up releasing was the Clone Wars, and what the Clone Wars is is the it's Darren Aronofsky much... one. No, this is the CGI one. This is the one that is directly affiliated with, like, well, the other one is the other uh, the other miniseries was made by whatever that guy's name was, the guy who created Samurai Jack. Darren he basically, Aronofsky. yes, he did. Um, <clears throat> he did a bunch of like five to ten minute like little shots of like Clone Wars stuff. Um, very cool animation. It's very hard to sit through through in one sitting just because there's so much action going on. Like that one is like you watch like three or four. You you need to take like a couple hour break to watch them more because there's so much going on. Um, but overall, it's good stuff. Uh, you look you get introduced to characters like Grievous and you get to see Mace Windu like fight in the Aronofsky one. But the Clone Wars itself, the one that I'm talking about more, is the CGI one, the one that Filoni worked on. Um, it originally aired on Cartoon Network. Well, both the Aronofsky one did as well. But the, the CGI one, it premiered on Cartoon Network and was the highest rated premiere in Cartoon Network history, it had 3 million viewers on its first release. It was on Cartoon Network up until its fifth season, up until March 2nd, 2013. From then, it was canceled. Uh, it was uh, it came to Netflix for season six on March 7th, 2014, and kind of called The Lost Missions, which was pretty much... Um, finished episodes that didn't get a chance to be released in the previous ones 
and um, they finally released that as its own season. And season seven, the final season, was released on Disney Plus this year on February twenty first, and wrapped up on of all days May the fourth. I think that was intention. Oh, absolutely. What the story of Clone Wars is is it pretty much tells the story of you guessed it, the Clone Wars. The war that happened in between episode two and three, there's so much stuff to talk about that that I don't want to really get into it. But um, I'm going through it right now with one of my friends for the first time. She's watching it for the first time. And it's so much fun to watch. It's also not a kid's show, by the way. <laughs> it's, But it's very good. And pretty much... The lasting legacy that Clone Wars will have in the Star Wars universe as it introduces Ahsoka Tano, which was Anakin's uh, Padawan, Learner. She was a character that, when she was first introduced, not a people liked because she was poorly written by Filoni's even own admittance. He was like, I don't know how to write a 14-year-old girl. I'm sorry. (laughs) But as she grew up and developed as a character and appeared in other stuff in you could really tell that it's a character and she now has become a very beloved character in the star wars universe the second one the second show to come out was uh star wars rebels uh that show was released in 2014 and its final season uh wrapped up in 2018 and rebels is about a group of rebels uh, their really? first season, yeah, believe it or not, uh, the first season revolves around a group of freedom fighters in the in the planet of Lothal, uh, pretty much just like putting a thorn in like the Empire's uh, side until Darth Vader shows up and almost kills them all, and then the show gets real. <laughs> <laughs> Some fun facts about that about Rebels is James Earl Jones actually voiced Darth Vader. Which is hilarious because he probably didn't even know that Disney XD existed. He probably they probably just drove a bit Brinks truck to his house. <laughs> just was like, "You want to play Vader?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." He sat in a sound studio for a day, did his lines, and it was like, "All right, cool, I'm done." <laughs> um. So I have watched all of Rebels. Uh, I will say the first two seasons... The first season is kind of a slog, but towards the end it gets good. The second season's great. And then the third and fourth is kind of hit or miss. Do you guys have any input, or can I keep going? Because I feel like I'm on a roll right now. Keep going, but baby. Ha- but if you guys have anything to say, let me know, and I will stop. I probably won't have anything to say until The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, I do. One thing. Okay. What I mentioned earlier, I didn't like that they introduced Ahsoka. Because, at first, when she was introduced, I was like, okay. And then she actually became Anakin's Padawan. And then I was like, oh. She goes, does her thing. And then, as it's going, and then you see Revenge of the Sith. Well, no, it came out, sorry. It came out after Revenge of the Sith. You watch Revenge of the Sith, there's no Ahsoka, Avi. And you're like, okay, what happens? She must die. Spoilers. She doesn't. And then you're like, okay, where'd she go? That bothered me a lot until I watched Rebels. And I watched this past last season of Clone Wars. The one that just came out. Mm-hmm. And then now it makes sense. I hope, and I was talking about this with Matt this morning... That they address, like, her absence in the original trilogy. Because, spoiler, she's going to be in Mandalorian Season 2. Played by Rosario Dawson. Yes. She's played by Rosario Dawson. I thought it was not confirmed. I heard that was the rumor. Yeah. It was never confirmed. Oh, well, the rumor. Hopefully it's true, because Rosario's great. But then we know at the end of episode 9 when the Force Ghosts are talking to Rey, Ahsoka is one of them. So we know at some point she dies. Oh, didn't even think about but that. But when does it happen? How does it happen? Why didn't she help them out with the Death Star? I hope we get some answers. 
And I'm like, why didn't she help Luke? Like, obviously I know why in real life, but why, what are they going to do? So they did a good job of explaining her absence for most of what was going on until they get the Rebels. So that bothered me at first, but I want her, she won me over. I like Ahsoka a lot. Fun character. She's great. Yeah. Ezra in Rebels is a little annoying, and I was hoping that he would end up being Snoke, and that fan theory would have been true, but it's not. Just for once, I want like a oh, what was this character doing like during this? Like uh, like a Better Call Saul. There are two like two of the main characters in that series aren't in Breaking Bad, and she's like, oh man, what happened to them? And I just wanted to just be like one time. Oh, they just got into a car accident and died. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> or they miss or they moved just be like ah i'm, I'm moving away yeah i'm out of here <laughs> i'm going to miami <laughs> yeah it would just be a great like one-off line be like man don't you want to like stay around and just be like nah bye no i'm cool i'm outside now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh okay so so this is the one piece of Star Wars thing that I know the least about, and I apologize to fans of this. But the next Star Wars animated show is Star Wars Resistance, which is this two-season-long show that debuted on Disney XD and also had some shorts on YouTube at the same time. Uh, it revolves around this pilot uh, who... It, it, this, it This starts before... It was six months before the Force Awakens. Um, it falls around a pilot, a new Republican pilot, who's recruited by the Resistance to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. Ooh! It began. The season began six months before the Force Awakens and crosses over with it at the end. Um, I read the synopsises of the episodes. They sound cool. Uh, I watched so much Star Wars this month. I am very tired. I need to watch another series for God's sakes. I'm sorry, fans. I'm very sorry. I don't know much about it. Uh, the only thing I know about it is that the animation kind of freaks me out a little bit. I'm me not too. Lie. Not a fan. Um, okay, so now here's the show that probably everyone has watched now. We're talking about The Mandalorian. So The Mandalorian was, uh, was released with disney plus as well with a couple other shows that were on the network at the time but the mandalorian was easily the most popular one when it was first released uh i personally got disney plus because of the mandalorian and it follows around the mandalorian um this rogue bounty hunter as he is trying to just make ends meet by working a job and he comes across little baby yoda now, why do I say Baby Yoda? Because Baby Yoda is technically the sp the name of the character. Um, and he spends the entire first season protecting the child. He gains a friend with, with Cara Dune. Um, Carl Weathers is in it. Like, it's such a... It's a really cool show. Uh, it's pretty much the most Western thing Star Wars will ever get. And the cool thing about it is they... So you know how most shows they kind of have a rotating cast of directors? Like, they have a main director, but they'll have a couple other directors do a couple episodes throughout the seasons. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and they yeah. have, like, their own style. So and, like... The Mandalorian, the way that they did their episodes is they had five directors, and each of them get credit for the episodes that they were in charge of directing but they also had the other directors around like on set while they were filming so they can also like give their own input on the episode like it was ultimately the main director's call but the other guys were around just in case they wanted to talk stuff over just so they kind of didn't cross the beat like get in each other's way almost and i found it really fascinating because they that's yeah, really um, and they also have some pretty famous, like, directors involved with it. Uh, like, Dave Filoni, I said, he did the pilot and he did another episode. Tika Watiti, he did the final episode. Bryce Dallas Howard mm -hmm. also did an episode. She did the ATST episode. First of, isn't she the first official, like, live-action Star Wars director? 
That's that's female. Sorry, forgot to include that. <laughs> I <little> think <laughs> so, but there's also Deborah Chow who was who got her big break by doing Mr. Robot. She also did a couple episodes, as well as uh, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, but Rick Famuama Moranis. He's the guy oh, that did that guy, uh, stuff like Dope and uh, Talk to Me and The Wood, like. Dope is a pretty is a really good movie. Uh, it's pretty underrated, but I digress. He he did the one with um he did the episode that that was pretty much like the heist episode, where they were on they were trying to break that guy oh, out. That was a good. That one. was his yeah. episode. Yeah, the one the one with Bill Burr and Mr. Krabs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly that one. I didn't want to say Bill Burr, but <laughs> anyway. um, but yeah, it shows great. Um, can't recommend it enough. Especially for a Star... Like, you don't even need to be a Star Wars fan to really like it. Because there's not... Like, there's obviously, like, Stormtroopers and all that sort of stuff. But, like, it's not, like, oozing, like, with the Force and the Jedi and all that sort of stuff. It makes the... It tries to make the universe real and grimy and all that sort of stuff. Which is really cool and they do a really great job of. And it's visually stunning. The effects are incredible, but there's that Disney money. and uh, But yeah, I'm tired of talking. I've talked a lot in the last <laughs> 20 minutes. I apologize. Please, someone else talk so I can drink my water. <laughs> yeah, Pedro Pascal. Also, he was in Game of Thrones. He was great. Um, yeah, so he wasn't hired, I think, until the second or third episode was completed. So it was just, like, some guy under, like, the Mandalorian armor, like, the entire time. And then just in post, they just, like, put his voice over it. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that the Mandalorian, uh, to give it a grade, I'd give it an A. Mandalorian, as someone who's not a huge Star Wars fan, as I've proven, um, Mandalorian is just, like, a great show. It's just constantly interesting. And fun fact, I read somewhere that Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Taika Waititi are the apparently the only three people that know like what baby Yoda's real name is. And they said possibly in season two, that's going to be revealed. Interesting. So money's on Steve. (laughs) I got Doug. Also, I'll give it an a, I will admit the show can get a little slow at times, but that's due to the nature of the way that it is made. It's kind of like a Western slash samurai flick. But it's the pacing's intentional, so uh-huh. I, that's why I kind of don't grade it. I give it a B. I give Clone Wars an A, and Rebels a C. And I have not watched Resistance, so I will not grade it. Oh yeah, Clone Wars, Mandalorian get an A. Rebels gets a C. Although the end of season two of Rebels is like up there in Star Wars moments for me. Oh, that's Ahsoka and Vader. That's a fantastic that, episode. Yeah. If we were grading episodes, I would get an A, but a series as a whole, Ezra is kind of annoying. <laughs> Alright, so gentlemen, as we're winding down, I have my notes here that I reached out to... It sounds to... like cookies. It's uh, <laughs> onion paper, actually. I reached what? out to... Onion paper? That's <laughs> what you call tracing paper, I guess. Oh. Um... That's what they used back in the day to write. Um, all, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I got it because I saw it on Mad Men and I liked the way it sounded, so that's so why I got it. Well, the microphone is not agreeing with it. No. <laughs> anyway, um, so I reached out and I asked some of our fans which one, which Star Wars movie was their favorite. So before I go, my favorite's Return of the Jedi. I know that's what Matt's favorite is, and Ron likes Babylon 5. <laughs> the search for Spock. <laughs> I'm actually more of a Battlestar Galactica fan. <laughs> Babylon 5, search for Spock. No, Ron, which one's your favorite? Empire? Of the, of the Star Wars yeah. movies? All of them. Uh, it's either probably Empire or Episode 7. Huh. Um, Alright. Sith, Sith is like probably my top three, too. I mean, we literally just graded them. Reven- like, Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> ah. Yeah. So, uh, friend of the show, Perk FGC, favorite, Empire Strikes Back. Marcus from California, Return of the Jedi. Tobin from Colorado, Empire Strikes Back. 
Chris from Pennsylvania, Empire Strikes Back. Russ from wow. Russ from New Jersey, Empire Strikes Back. Jason from the UK, A New Hope. Whoa. Icaro from Brazil, A New Hope. But he states he has cannot decide a favorite and he has to watch the entire trilogy of whichever one he's watching. Okay. Jacob from Jacob right. from Poland, The Phantom Menace. Uh, Amanda from New Jersey, A New Hope, and Christine, f- yeah, and Christine from Massachusetts, yeah, New A New Hope. Wow, we have more international listeners than <laughs> than normal. I previously thought yeah. <laughs> we do. So thank you, fans, for for letting us know your favorite ones. We very appreciate it very much. And for um, the people who didn't get a shout out, where can they put their favorite Star Wars movie and let us know, Michael? You can let us know at Pop Culture Fed, but on Twitter, on Twitter, pop at Pop Culture Fed. But I asked you guys, I have four questions for you. You can take okay. it as a lightning round if you want. Let's do lightning round. Yes. All right. Yes. Favorite character. Mine is Luke Skywalker. Kylo Ren. Solo. All right. What's one thing you would change about any of the movies or shows? Mine is I would change all of Episode Eight and would have changed Luke's fate specifically. Um, I would have changed the dialogue in the prequels and the ending of episode nine. I would have the same director in the Disney trilogy and keep stick to one story and not change it, regardless of what it is. Um, what portion of the Star Wars lore or legends would you like them to explore in TV or film? Mine is Shadows of the Empire and Dash Rendar. Mine is Old Republic. Like yeah, or uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mine would be like either Old Republic or stuff so far in the timeline that people first learn about the Force and how they learn to use the Force for good or evil. Lastly, what color lightsaber would you pick? I would pick green. Green. Uh, a dark blue because I feel like that'd be really. There's cool. only one color blue. <laughs> uh, that's why i said dark blue <laughs> what about purple what about samuel L. jackson no he got the purple lightsaber because he said i want a purple lightsaber and everyone else was like well, he said okay <laughs> that makes it canon then it is canon but okay we're, you can't we're running yes. long on time <laughs> so let us know your favorite star wars movie if you weren't named in a shout out at pop culture fed and check us out on twitter for when we have other uh, polls or questionnaires will be thrown out there, so please give us your feedback. Tell us what you want Baby Yoda's actual name to be. A.K.A. Doug. Nate. You know what? I want Yoda's name to be hashtag release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> no, Matt. We've already done that. <laughs> now it's time for it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say it. So join us next time while Ron talks about his love of Babylon 5. We learn if Matt can actually ride a bike, and... I can! (laughs) (laughs) You can't ride a bike. You silly slut. And I'm going to polish my Kyber Crystal sunglasses. Take care, folks. (laughs) Bye, Mom. Bye.